Hey there, just a quick heads up before we get into the episode this time. I did something a little different this time, and while visiting my wife's family, and um, well, I guess there might as well be family in California, um, close family friends, and we all got around a kitchen table and recorded in person with a bigger group. So throughout there are uh, going to be some background noises, some thumps on the table, dogs walking around the room. Uh, but once we get into the introductions a couple minutes in, most of it goes away, but, you know, the table does get bumped throughout. I did my best to edit around it all, but the words that were being spoken, especially on this topic, just felt more important. So uh, I thank you for your understanding, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Sly History. She says apparently because I she didn't mean to listen. say apparently. <laughs> I don't know what I meant to say, but like from other people, you've heard that because he didn't. He hasn't interviewed you. No, but I've listened to. I have listened. <laughs> I know. To his podcast wait, wait, what are what are the what are the stories that you're pulling out? Wait, wait. Can we go back and say what it is just that we're doing? Yeah. So um, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Why are you here specifically? So one thing that I wanted to do with the podcast, the whole reason for it, the idea was I want to have something for Ezra to listen to when he grows up. So he has the stories from family members because so many of my family members are so much older. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even have memories of my brothers as kids, you know? Like, I'm learning stuff about them because they're so much older than me. I just have memories of them as adults. Yeah. And so because we, I can't interview Trish for her to tell her story, I'm wanting to, one, finish her book. So collect all those stories that she wanted to finish. And then two share the stories kind of have her tell you know her life story in a way but in reading it any stories that come up with people where people are actually mentioned mm-hmm. i want to read them with like, and read as in read her words read her words okay. yeah gotcha. just read what she wrote um and honestly i'd like to learn more about her since i never got to meet her and so what better way than the people who she wrote about <laughs> get the tissues <laughs> So what are the names of the stories we're doing? So I have one, I have her forward, which could be uh, just a good introduction. And then we have um, one fish, two fish and color coded wedding are the two stories. <laughs> what are what are the uh, page numbers for them? Um, 35 and 46. Cool. Yeah. One fish, two fish. Yeah. Oh, Do you know that one? No. Oh. So I thought we would introduce everyone at the table uh <laughs> since we're doing this so um far away i asked ezra what book you want to read because we had uh, hannah had all his books out and, and so i put them out and i was like okay what do you want to read before bed and he picked it up and goes farm away <laughs> so now that book is forever called farm away the book. <laughs> after you um so we have uh Rachel, my wife, and then her two siblings, Hannah, say hello. Hi. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt, anything at all? No? I so, won't do what you tell me. Okay, that works for me. Uh, and then Rachel, who's been on before, only in passing. 
you want oh. to say hello? Hi. Yeah, there we go. We get your voice a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we have uh the star of some of these stories, Marilyn. Hello. Hello. <laughs> this is a special celeb. <laughs> and yeah, her husband, celeb. Farmer Wayne, aka John. <laughs> hello. <laughs> in case we're gonna add anything in. This is actually the biggest group. I've never actually recorded with a group before, so um this is hmm. gonna be interesting. I never apply. Huh? Never in person? Well, I recorded well, I recorded with mom in person the oh, first time. Right. Um, Never mind. I thought yeah. we were gonna have it first, but no, no, just the first time using the full group. Um but yeah, so uh Trish's book, A View from the Porch Swing, which um I'm surprised at how many stories that were in here when I was just reading through it I'd heard before. Uh <laughs> which was strange. Um because I never expected there to be that many. But Julia talks a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, every single one. No argument. Like, I know. It's from Julia. Um, when we rec- when I recorded with her, uh, we talked no joke for four and a half hours. Wow. And I cut it down to about an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> wow. Sarah. Yeah. Look, you get the two of us in a room. Oh, my God. It's... I mean, those are rookie numbers for an Aunt Julia conversation. <laughs> really? Only four hours? That's true. We were working real hard there. Um, so before we start, is there anything anybody wants to say before I start reading? Just the foreword, Trisha's words to kind of how she wanted to start it all. I just want to remind John that I think you were sort of attached to the business trip that's going to be the one fish, two fish story. <laughs> because that's the trip that you met us in Paris. Mm-hmm. And this was a business meeting that she and I had. So pay attention because you know more about this than you probably remember. Okay. Is, is okay. this like y'all knew each other before and met up there or is that where y'all met? Um, so Trish and I worked together. John and I were married. Oh, okay. And he had a business trip separately. We had no kids at that mm-hmm. point. So Trish and I were over there on a business trip and he was on a different trip. And we ended up meeting up. And he joined us for a weekend or something like that. Something I know like that, that we we did some touring and whatever, but yeah. So he, he was on the fringes of this whole story as well. Oh. So <laughs> we want him to remember that. Could have some some fun details to throw in there. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, this is her forward. I've always been glad and proud of my southern roots and upbringing. My childhood in a small southern town in central Florida wasn't remarkable or exceptional. (laughs) Surviving infancy was a little bit on the remarkable side due to a liver birth defect. In 1962, my survival was a mistake thanks to a gifted surgeon. Miracle, you just said mistake. In 1962, my survival was a miracle thanks to a gifted surgeon by the name of Dr. Robert Gross. So, how about my life? My childhood was simple. I was the fourth child of five. My mother was a homemaker for much of her married life, and my father was a family practice physician in the days when you still called them a country doctor. He was still doing house calls during my early youth. I went along with him on a few of them. I grew up in a town where you knew everybody and everybody knew you. I grew up in a church where the kind ladies of the church still referred to me as the miracle baby when I married my husband in 1987. My mother managed to raise the five of us in a way that we all avoided any serious brushes with drugs, alcohol, or tobacco products. I'm now raising three and can really marvel at that feat. (laughs) My parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary with a wonderful celebratory gathering. It was unfortunately less than two years before my mother's death in 2004. Death is part of life, and I'm happy to say that I'm part of family that makes every effort to enjoy and celebrate all of life's milestones, both big and small. 
They may seem like a blip on the radar in the grand scheme of things, but these events create memories to cherish. Many published authors have proven that in the everyday telling of everyday life of everyday people, there's a lot we can all relate to and find humor in. Did these things really happen? You bet. <laughs> Are there embellishments? You bet. <laughs> these stories follow the 80-20 rule. They are 80% fact and 20% embellishment. I have centered all of my stories around people and events in the South. It's what I know and live every day. We Southern folk always know how to laugh at ourselves. Pray my friends and family are no exception. Only a few names were changed to protect the innocents while the guilty are called by their first, middle, and even last names where possible. This is good stuff. It makes me happy. I'm excited to see hear what John has to add to this story. Because <laughs> that's my favorite. He's like, oh man. Honestly, that's my favorite. This is, this part is the of fish it. head story, right? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah. That story. I was very peripheral. I was in the same country. Are y'all ready? Ready. Are you ready? I maybe. I'm a little a little stuffy and. Do you I'm want me to yours. try to read it? I might be better. If you would like to read it, you yeah. can. Yeah, I don't mind other people reading it. Okay. Do you want me to just go ahead and go into it? Yeah. All right. In 1989, I was asked to travel on business to Europe. The trip was to consist of 10 days in Munich, Germany, followed by a quick couple of days in Paris and one day in London. A whirlwind trip to Europe, my first and so far my last. The primary purpose of the trip was to assist in providing software training to a collection of international distributors. I was accompanying the instructor, Lisa, and my good friend and co-worker, Marilyn. Uh. <laughs> One of the first things I can recall about the trip was driving the rental car past the McDonald's fast food restaurant <laughs> after we had landed in Munich for the first leg of our trip. My ca- traveling companions and I looked down our noses at the establishment. We wouldn't be caught dead in that place while we're overseas. Heck no, not us. We're here to experience foreign cuisine. Famous, pitiful last words. After 10 days of heavy German food, I would have killed for a quarter pounder and a cold, truly cold glass of milk. From Germany, Marilyn and I continued on to Paris, France, to visit one of the contacts from one of our French software distributors. We were thrilled to learn that he had planned lunch for us at a white linen tablecloth restaurant. We were ready for new cuisine. Our host for lunch was Vincent. When we arrived for lunch, we discovered that the text of the menus was completely in French and the waiter spoke no English. We asked Vincent to translate for us. Vincent insisted that we each select an appetizer. The only item that sounded like a possibility to me was something he said was simply fried fish. (laughs) Hmm. I'm rather fond of fish, and everyone knows that Southerners eat almost anything that's fried. It sounded safe enough. However, the word fish is so ambiguous. It can mean one thing, and it can mean many. It can mean way, way, way too many, as as it is in this case. I was naive enough to believe they'd be bringing me something that resembled the tasty fried fish you find at Captain D's or Long John Silver's. Sure, why not? Total mortification overcame me when they put the plate of fish under my unsuspecting (laughs) nose. It was a small plate with a pile, yes, pile, of 30 lightly battered fried minnows. The chef had failed, apparently on purpose, to remove the heads, eyes, fins, tail fins, and scales of these little fish. On the inside, I was dying. How am I going to get through just the appetizer, let alone the rest of the meal? Please understand that my friends call me plain Jane when it comes to my eating habits. I can't order a meal without saying, hold everything. And I routinely stay away from international cuisine like Japanese, Chinese, and Indian, to name just a few. 
Mom always taught me, however, that you have to eat absolutely everything on your plate when you are a guest of someone else. <laughs> My mind was racing. I was wondering if yelling fire in a public place was punishable by flogging in France. <laughs> One look at the little beady fish eyes that I was willing to risk that and much worse. <laughs> Could I get away with stuffing them into my mat napkin one by one? I couldn't use my old trick of shifting food around on my plate to make it look as if I had actually eaten something. It was one small plate and no room to spare. The little mound of fish with beady eyes awaited me. It took me quite some time to extract my eating utensils from the linen napkin which held them. Then I asked for a glass of ice water. <laughs> a very large glass of ice water, please. I was going to need something to wash down those fish. I was sure of one thing. They were going to pass very quickly through my mouth. I wasn't planning to sink my teeth into any of them. Let them slip right on down my esophagus to my tummy, which was already alive with extra gastric juices due to extreme fish distress. Where is a goldfish swallowing contest when you need one? I was sure I was about to win a blue ribbon. After swallowing several of them whole, I glanced about the table at my dining companions. Everyone seemed to be enjoying their meal. Couldn't they tell I was in agony? Couldn't someone please rescue me? No such salvation in sight. <laughs> I continued my valiant effort to eat the minnows, one good swallow at a time. Marilyn, my traveling buddy, was enjoying the moment. Her appetizer looked very appealing. Of course, I should point out that the filet of squid would have looked scrumptious at this stage of the game, and all of my friends know that I detest squid. Marilyn lifted a succulent morsel of her appetizer to her lips and remarked, Trish, this is really delicious. Would you like to try some? She was smiling from ear to ear. Here was my chance. No, thanks. These are really filling. I'm sure I won't be able to eat them all. Please, Marilyn, have one. They're delicious. <laughs> she hesitated. Vincent, our host, flashed a very sheepish smile at me, and he said, It's okay, Marilyn. Try one. People typically eat them by cutting the heads off first. <laughs> I had managed the previous 15 minutes without choking back up the many fish I had already eaten, but as his words sunk in, I felt a few swimming their way back up. I could have choked Vincent. He wasn't grinning on the outside, but I could tell he was laughing on the inside. Oh my, was he laughing on the inside. What became of those fish? I ate every last one until there were none left on my plate. Let the record show that I ate them heads in all. Let, let them say Americans, even Southerners, don't have a taste for real food. Never mind that every French person in the room was probably sitting there thinking, those silly Americans will eat anything. Have they no taste? <laughs> that is disgusting. Wow. <laughs> that was mom. That, that, like, that, like she, she loved it. telling that story, too. I can't believe she So I remember when the, North, the knife in the fork came out after he gave her permission. <laughs> and here she is, teeny, teeny minnows. With her knife and fork trying to cut the little heads and the little tails off. And it was the funniest dang thing I ever saw. Oh. I didn't actually love mine. I had couscous, mm -hmm. which, whatever. Yeah. But boy, was it delicious when I was watching her eat that. Everybody and, else's food was better because of Oh my of God, that. it was so funny. It makes me think of the grease. I was thinking exactly. I ordered. History repeated itself. Yep, I that. ordered a plate of fried shrimp because I thought that was safe <laughs> in Greece. And they brought me. 
a ginormous plate of fully fried shrimp with the heads, eyes, everything looking at me. And Did you I, eat any of them? I couldn't. You're like supposed to suck the brains out. Oh, oh my I, God, we were no, laughing she, so she, felt, she finally felt bad enough for me to cut the heads off for me so that I could eat the rest of it. But I was suffering. I, I totally feel... Like, were you having just flashbacks? It was. Totally, but it was so funny. Um, and this guy was the nicest. His name was uh, Vincent. was yeah. the French way that we said it, but he was actually Swedish. And he was... The, the nicest guy you'd ever meet, and, but you could tell by the little smile on his face, <laughs> he was going to let it go on as long as he could. Oh, my God. And it was so funny. So funny when he finally took pity on it. But, but you didn't bail her out. You know, <clears throat> there was no way I was going to eat those things either. Because <laughs> never looked or tasted so good. And she was pickier than you. Yes, oh, so much pickier than me. then what was the rest of the meal? Yeah, because like, the rest of the meal wasn't even... So I don't yet. even remember. What I do remember <laughs> was sitting down at this white tablecloth um, meal, and they had written our names on the glasses. Mm-hmm. So we were so... We felt so special because it was a business lunch, but yeah. it was a fancy place. And, you know, beautiful person had written our names. I think they misspelled it, but didn't matter. It was fun to see. Yeah. And then having this lovely meal... And then the appetizers came out and it was, it was just so funny. I, I don't remember anything past the appetizers because it really didn't matter. But that was the same trip where you joined us in Paris, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. and you had frog's legs mm-hmm. and Benson's yep. um, at the counter- same meal. No, oh. no, but his coworker took us out for the day, I think touring. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was lovely, and she thought we were the best people ever because John ate frog's legs. And she said most Americans, well, most people, non-French, yeah. turn up their nose at frog. And John Just was like, like yeah, he's like, frog, yeah. whatever. Frogs are pretty tasty. I mean, they're basically like chicken wings. Yeah, yeah exactly. But she, you know, she took a, a weekend day out of her schedule to spend day, the time with us and it, uh, nice. it was really fun. Yeah. She showed us all of Paris, her side of Paris, which was really fun. How long were you there? In Paris, just a weekend. But yeah. as Trish said, we were in Germany for two weeks, I think before that. Oh. And the story that didn't get included, but she alluded to was her driving in Germany. Oh, oh I've heard that a little bit. OMG. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone before we went said, on the German in Germany, you have to drive fast. There's right. this thing called the Autobahn and yeah. they'll flash lights. If somebody's flashing their lights behind you, you better get out of the way. They drive really fast. And all she heard was drive fast <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> Not what, the Autobahn. What she didn't connect was that it was only supposed to be on the Autobahn. And we had we were there for a long time. We had boxes and boxes of training materials and stuff. So we had to rent a car. And she volunteered to be the driver. And <laughs> I mean, how well did you happen? know her driving at that point? Uh, <laughs> like, well, I knew it well after that. But yeah. she, I mean, we get in the car, she hits the gas, and we are flying <laughs> through these towns. I'm navigating, and there's other funny stories about the navigation, but her driving through this town, only later as we're talking to our German counterparts, so they're like, what? <laughs> you do know there's speed limits in the cities. Oh, like, oh it's just God. the Audubon. There's just on the, basically the freeway. Mm. Right. You just drive fast on the open road, <laughs> not through the towns where there are pedestrians and other cars. Okay. There, there's another story in this book that, um, where mom is talking about, uh, Albion farm. They had like a, uh, uh, like a, a watch your speed like thing where it like displays how fast you're going when you drive past it. 
And she jokes about how she was driving, like flying past it to see if she could beat the high score, which <laughs> totally sums up her driving. God. So Al Spart didn't make it to the book, and the curling iron didn't make it. No curling iron. Yeah, Al Spart. Al Spart. Fart. Who knows German? Al Spart. Yeah, means <laughs> as we now know, it means exit. Okay. And our counterparts were so lovely. Our German counterparts gave us very. Um, detailed directions on how to drive from the um, Dusseldorf airport or Munich airport, wherever we were, to their office. They spelled everything out a little too clearly because they put the, the name of the road and then they put in parentheses Ausfart, which as I'm reading the directions, I took as the name and it turns out Ausfart means exit. Yeah. <laughs> so as we're driving down the road, I'm like, Ausfart! <laughs> And so your mom, you know, off the freeway, we take, we, oh, we got so dang lost. And then by the time we read and reread, we're like, oh, there like, must be all say Alspart. Yeah, they all say Alspart. We um, made our way back to the road. And yes, we eventually made it to the office way later than they expected us. And then when we told them about our little misunderstanding of how English can be ambiguous and whatever, and the, it spread like fire because and anywhere we were going, they'd be looking at it and be like, hi, nice to meet you. Ausfart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a German sense of humor. Yeah. And on um, the same trip is when your mother mm-hmm. discovered that um, the voltage converters oh, are no. equally important as the plugs, plug converters in ah, foreign so country. Plug, but not a Yeah. So she took her. <laughs> She took her curling iron and plugged it in because she had the converter that allowed her to plug it into the right. wall. But didn't have the voltage She converter. didn't have the voltage converter. And she came knocking on my door and I opened my door to find, <laughs> oh, Lauren, I'm not a very good friend. <laughs> she opened the door and her, she was holding her bangs. <laughs> and what did I do? I laughed until I... Almost because she had clipped it into her hair. Thank God she didn't curl it. Right. She just clamped it and it burned the hair off in an instant. Her bangs were attached to the curling iron. She comes down knocking on my door looking for sympathy or help or something. And I'm laughing so hard. Like you, Ryan, I can't even breathe. Oh, man. Wow. So the good news is she had a little fringe left. So, so that she could just enough, yeah, just enough. And her hair um, was so thin too. Like, oh my god! It probably didn't take much to no. just no. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. And was this at the start of the trip? Or? Um. Yeah, we or were still. Before, it had to have been. Friends. It was before. Oh yeah. God. So it had to have been at the beginning, and we, oh. you know, she took one for the team because we all worked. <laughs> 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 Sad and funny. At this. Oh. No, it's, it's it's a good thing that she didn't like knock out the, all the electricity in buildings because I've heard stories of people not using the inverters and like yeah. just causing all the breakers to. Yeah, and... I mean a curling iron would be about as low as you could get. So yeah, yeah. So fortunately, fortunately for all of us, it was safe, but not yeah. for her. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so. <funny. sighs> oh. I I just can't imagine like opening door and your friend standing there holding holding bangs. her bangs. <laughs> On the curling iron. Yes. I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> I 
visual. bet you knew. You kind of probably knew right away. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at her hair, <laughs> looking need, at her hand. You need those converters. That smell. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't think about the smell. Yeah. Oh, any other uh, good stories from from Germany? Pa- from Germany and Paris? Apparently, John had two more in the bank there. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? These are just things I've heard from Marilyn reminiscing, so I have not no first person accounts. Other than we were in France together, but um, I mean for that weekend, so we did our business. It must have been let's say a Friday, and then we got right. But Trisha's well behaved, so there's no stories to tell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the hotel rooms were teeny tiny, and Mm -hmm. no, I can't think of anything else that was. I'm just shocked. I guess you didn't know how what a driver she was because didn't she? Have many minivan, oh. uh, so many, many driving. So cars. we that's have a whole m- tangent. Like that should be a separate episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not only mom's driving record, but the the driving records of all three of us <laughs> is a, is an episode unto itself. Yeah, we, like there's yeah. <laughs> there's a curse. So this is before you knew about any of that. Huh? Yeah, I guess we probably wouldn't have had many opportunities to be in the car together. There are many reasons to be in the car together. It definitely seems genetic after all the stories I've heard from y'all as well. Yeah. She flooded a van. Like oh. that. <laughs> I mean, that we, we might as well talk about some of them was tonight. Honestly, <laughs> the most traumatizing thing ever. Were you in like, the van? Me and Hannah. they were both. Me? I was five. <laughs> and then, like, the van, like, water's coming in the van. Like, as a five year old, that's like, oh my God, we're all about to die. <laughs> like, I'm going to drown. It was, I just remember, like, the only vivid memory I have is me and Matthew, like, up on the armrests <laughs> of the cars, screaming. Like, we were losing it. And mom was. Where did this happen at? In the bus lane. Wasn't she running oh late? And so she pulled yes. into the bus into the lane. Bus lane. You're, you're not supposed to. And the gutters were full or something. So well, it I had know just, she doesn't follow the rules in there. Yeah, it had just rained. So I guess it was... I it mean, was pouring rain while it was happening. Hannah. And like looking back, the water didn't go that high up on dad. Like it wasn't like we were going to die. We were not going to die. But, no. but I felt like we were going <laughs> yeah, to. No, he had to wade in, in knee deep water. Like when, we, when, when, the, when the car like went down... We felt like a plop. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we were floating. Like I, oh my god, yeah. Water is not supposed to be in the vehicle. No. And then all day at school, can the blue minivan please? <laughs> from, from the bus, I just remember sitting in my classroom and I hear on the intercom, can the blue minivan please move? You're in the bus lane. Like, no, the car can't move. The car yeah, start again. There's no. a funny story about that. Too. Actually, I think we did continue to drive that for a no, while. No, they took it to the shop. I think like the radio it, stuff was. It still it had some electrical issues. Yeah, no, yeah. we we kept driving it for a while. But no, that's not the funniest part of that. The reason it was stuck in the bus lane is because like so, Dad hadn't gone to work yet. I know because and he gets came to, to the because rescue. I was at home when he picked up the phone. And it was like. You did what? <laughs> okay. So, so Thank you. No, I was like waiting for the bus, waiting for my bus. I was like, okay, stop, 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 stop. No, but so he shares. He drives the truck like less than two miles. That's how close the elementary school is. He drives the truck over there, and you know he has like a tow rope in the truck, mm-hmm. and. He pulls the tow rope out, getting ready to hook it up to the minivan. He hooks one end up to the truck, 
And he unrolls it, takes it over to the minivan, he gets to the end of it, and there's no hook on the other end. Somebody had cut the hook off. Oh my god. Mom had cut the hook off. Because she took Rachel and a bunch of her Girl Scouts on a camping trip in the minivan. No, 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 no. The minivan didn't get stuck in the mud. A different vehicle got stuck in the mud. Mom had dad's tow rope in the minivan. She's like, oh, cool, we can actually help these people. And they did. They did get them out of the mud. But instead of, they couldn't figure out how to get the tow hook undone yeah. properly. So they just cut the rope, <laughs> roll it back up, throw it, like it, shit it to death. He takes it, puts it in his truck, and when he goes and tries to use it, he, he finds, what, yeah. what happened to the hook? <laughs> so the truck, the tow truck took forever. It was like the whole day of school that the minivan was just... <laughs> I had no idea that happened. Yeah, it was just Hannah and Matthew Mudgett. This is their minivan. Yeah, right there. In the oh. Oh. I just remember us screaming our heads up and mom being like, guys. <laughs> it's fine while her feet are in the water. <laughs> and then dad had to like carry us out. In your backpack. Yeah. And like, send you Dramatic experience. Seriously, <laughs> just sitting through class, like I just suffered so much trauma. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot. So another car was coming down, like when Dad. Was oh yeah, there. she had to get out. Yeah, they were like, we're <laughs> like, Yeah, I just remember yeah, we, she like we were on the hill, and then she like was trying to back up. Once she realized that it was a pool of water, and she was like, "Oh no!" And I just remember trying to put the car in reverse. And then that's when we were like, flop, mm, <laughs> like into the water. Too bad you didn't have paddles. Yes. Yeah, that's, I, that's a I good could, story. Is there is that not in the book? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember being in there. I, I'm pretty positive. Most of these are much older stories. Oh, but yeah, I just, this just should have been in there. I just, I, I can just picture Dawn, though, like, getting the call, the stop, 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 yeah. stop, yeah. not saying anything to Rachel. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, leaving. I don't know what's going on, but I guess I'm going to school. And then getting there and pulling out the rope, like, I know how to fix this. It's fine. We're going to get, what <laughs> the hell? Like... <laughs> So you were in like middle school. Then. Yeah, because yeah. I was waiting for because my mine started later and I got myself on the bus. So oh. I didn't have anybody driving me to school. <laughs> Floating the rest of the way. When did it like get out? Like before the end of the school day? Like you didn't have to walk back out to see your man still <laughs> no, sitting there. But it you? was hours. Like I was sit it was hours. I, I didn't remember it until Hannah mentioned it, but yeah, I like vividly remember the, the, the blue minivan. <laughs> it it clearly left a it, traumatic yeah. mark. I was just like sitting on the floor in my classroom like did That's, people know it was y'all's fan? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I probably did not say a word about it. I probably just was silent all no, day. No, but I think it was pretty infamous. Like, <sighs> that story would live to tell its tale. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. And That's... then now you know. Never to drive. <laughs> yeah, don't go on the bus lane. <laughs> <clears throat> if you ever see a sign that says "Don't drive if wa- if road is flooded," no matter how little it's flooded, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it really made me realize that you never know how deep a puddle is. Like <laughs> I'm extra cautious of the puddles now. You just never know. That's why you're here in California, where we get no rain. True, yeah, true. No puddles here to worry about. Yeah. Problem solved. Oh Lord. <laughs> so back in the states, in the South this time. Um, Anybody else want to read Color Coded Wedding? Um, Hannah, Rachel. Hannah's oh. like, do not <laughs> <laughs> read. Please, no. 
I can read it. If you want to read it? To. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I would have had to practice and rehearse. <laughs> then I could read. Do we need to pull out the pop cord reading? We just rotate <laughs> yeah. every paragraph. Somebody else needs to pick it up. Make sure everyone's paying attention. <laughs> oh, this is great. <clears throat> it pleases me to no end that I can tell this absolutely true story on my dear friend Marilyn. You might have seen her at the bookstore when you bought this book. She would be the attractive blonde. <laughs> trying to boycott sales of the book. Some stories are not to be in print, Trish. Now, promise me you'll take that story out. Promise me. I have my fingers crossed, okay? She knows, as I know, as you will soon know, that this particular story is a gem. Besides, I owe her for the whole French fried fish fiasco in 1989. <laughs> See? One fish, two fish. If you are from the South, you are very familiar... You're fine. <laughs> Claws are fine. We're going to have okay. some audio texture. There's dogs around. Okay. If you are from the South, you are very familiar with, with a tradition at Southern weddings that there be a groom's cake as well as a traditional bride's cake. Perhaps if you saw the movie Steel Magnolias, you'll recall the armadillo cake they made and referred to as the groom's cake. That's not exactly a typical groom's cake, but it made for good screen appeal in the movie, I'm sure. There are regions other than the South that celebrate this tradition and indeed other countries. If the term groom's cake is foreign to you, allow me to reveal the mystery. It's very simple. As the tradition goes, the groom's cake is typically chocolate with chocolate icing. The top of the cake is adorned with grapes to represent fertility. My friend Marilyn is not from the South. However, she and her mother were invited to attend the wedding of a dear friend. He was, a marrying, he was marrying a woman from Huntsville, Alabama, and the wedding was being held there. It is important to note, only because the story makes no sense without this detail, that the groom was Caucasian while the bride was African-American. <laughs> I did not know Marilyn at the time she attended this wedding. Years later, she and I met when I moved to California and we were both employed by the same software manufacturer. It was, at the time, a small startup company. As is often the case in such small companies, you get to know your coworkers quite well. She and I became very good friends and remain so today. At least until the publication of this book. <laughs> At some point during our early friendship, she had occasion to glance through her wedding album. She found herself looking at a photograph of a groom's cake at my wedding reception. Oh my, you had a chocolate wedding cake? I explained the tradition of a groom's cake and a bride's cake. I will never forget her reaction. It was a cross between shock and dismay. Why should she care about this little southern tradition? She could only look at the photo and say with a hint of embarrassment, oh no, you're kidding. Really? You mean it's tradition? I'm so embarrassed. Just wait until I tell my mother. <laughs> Marilyn began to relay her experience at her friend's wedding. Naturally, the groom's family was white, as are most of his groomsmen. It followed that the bride's family was black, as were most of her bridesmaids. That is to say, the bride's side and the groom's side of the church were somewhat easy to distinguish. <laughs> it was a lovely service. However, my mother and I thought they had carried things a bit too far when we arrived at the reception to see a white vanilla cake and a black chocolate cake. We thought, well, I'm not sure what we thought. <laughs> we thought it was some form of a joke, albeit an odd one. We didn't realize there was some sort of tradition behind it. This wedding had taken place at least 10 years earlier. Imagine Marilyn and her mother and perhaps other non-Southern guests at the wedding thinking all this time that it had been a humorous way to acknowledge their interracial marriage. Well, who knows? Perhaps it was, and the Southern tradition just made it a little easier to get away with. 
She's Segregated wedding cakes is what you thought it was. 100, 100%. <laughs> Did you attempt to eat any of the chocolate cake? I don't like chocolate cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I probably didn't, but I just, it. I think exactly as she said, I saw a picture in her her uh, wedding album. It's like, what? <laughs> you had a chocolate cake right. too? <laughs> There's so black weird. Word. Yeah, right. Oh, it was so funny. So funny. And to this day, like even recently, when I meet new people who say they're from somewhere in the South, it's like, do you know what a groom's cake is? (laughs) The answer is always, of course I do. But yeah, I had never heard of such a thing. So That's on par. Like that story is similar to the Rachel telling you about the leaded and unleaded. That's a great story. Punch. That's in this. Was book that? Too. That's in that the was book? at their wedding. Yeah. That was at their wedding. Yeah. The alcohol. Papa was definitely alcohol. hitting up the leaded line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I remember hearing a story about Papa, like when he was in the army. He said that uh, people, like the other enlisted men, would respect him when he would drink his whiskey straight. Yeah. Because they would all mix it with coke. And Papa's reasoning was, well, I don't want to ruin the taste of Coca-Cola with the taste of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he did it. But uh, yeah, Mima was a teetotaler to the point where, like, there was no alcohol allowed in the house at all, even at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And uh, but mom wanted to have a champagne toast at her wedding. Champagne punch. Um, well, I, I think actually she wanted real champagne, but she knew she couldn't get away with that with Mima, so she compromised with the champagne punch. And so there was, was supposed to disguise it or something. Like, no, like there. Well, there were there were two it's options. Watered down. I mean, so <clears throat> it's not probably not as an actual glass of right. wine. It's yeah. Punch. Yeah, and so <laughs> they had the one that didn't have alcohol in it, was just sparkling whatever, and then they had the one with alcohol and. I believe mom was the one who came up with the idea to label them unleaded and leaded. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Yeah. Very clever. Oh, I thought you were going to say that someone accidentally drank the wrong Oh, I'm sure that happened. Oh, like got they got drunk. Or... No, I don't think anybody got drunk <laughs> off of that. Off champagne punch. <laughs> I mean, you know. I don't actually ever really remember her drinking alcohol. Hmm. I Dad. Do you, John? Do you remember any time we were together? To, she only ever talked about Getting Long Island iced tea. That, that's what Dad said. Long Island iced tea. Well, teas. in New Orleans, you guys were drinking. Oh, that's true. Oh, let's hear that. You got song. drunk oh, with Mom true. in New Orleans. No, we did not get drunk. But, um, <laughs> they got they got. They came back with a bunch of beads. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. 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 Um, we went to New Orleans together because we did would do girlfriend trips. She, Carol, and I would meet in a different city that none of us had ever been to. Mm-hmm. We went to New Orleans, and. Um, we ate at a lot of different restaurants and at one of them we asked, I guess the bartender was our waiter or something. Um, he made, we asked him what was good, what we should order. And he said he had created this drink called a voodoo (laughs) and he, we said, sure, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. And we loved it so much that he wrote down the ingredients and dated and signed it. And I still have that. And unfortunately the restaurant doesn't exist anymore because I love to go back there and have him make that but um yeah she did but really as far as other stuff i i remember your dad had beer all the time but she hardly ever drank anything mm-hmm. that's right the secret was the voodoo yeah it was good do you remember what's in it um 
Yes, it had blue curacao because that's where you got the blue. Um, I'll share it. I have it. Nice. It's pinned to my wall. Um, but yeah, but definitely didn't get drunk. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not her thing. So in the in the way she starts that story, it kind of made it sound like y'all were at the same wedding, but you weren't. You were just at a wedding Mm -hmm. in the south. Like she said, and she many years you later. Yeah, many years later. And it wasn't until I was looking in her wedding album that I had this revelation mm-hmm. that how weird that you had the same kind of chocolate cake mm-hmm. that I'd never seen at a wedding before. And she's like, so confused when the story kind of starts to come out. And then, so if you never looked at her wedding album to this day, do you uh, think an opportunity ever would have come up for you to? I don't know. Because I haven't. <laughs> been to many southern weddings you guys got married in the south but you didn't have that no we have three different cakes yeah Yeah. no both of our cousins oh uh both of our cousins who have gotten married though they had cream's cakes at their weddings too Uh yeah my brothers well and i think a groom's cake on its own wouldn't have been the thing but the fact that the groom was caucasian and the bride was african-american was what stood out (laughs) and i gotta say the way that she wrote the story is way better than I could ever describe it. She, <laughs> she nailed it. She nailed it for sure. So would you still be your friend after publishing that? I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she always has been the best storyteller. So she could take any situation, mm-hmm. as she said, maybe the 80-20 rule. But <laughs> no matter what, when she told the story, it was better, more clear, funnier, all the way around. <laughs> than anything even if we lived it she could tell it better Aww. those are the good friends the good story <laughs> carly's like that good storytellers <laughs> well she always had the sequence right too i have a hard time going from the beginning getting all of the things in the right order getting mm-hmm. to the conclusion but she was always a natural and wonderful storyteller mm-hmm. so even in writing i think she she's even better than, yeah. than in person it's wonderful mm-hmm. Do you have any stories in the book that are your favorite besides the ones that you're in? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, the the one right after the uh, the color coded wedding one. Uh, oh, what's his name? That one's really good. But um, it uh, it's about the night that Miss Anita met Paul on a date with someone else. <laughs> Oh, well, and I don't remember how that story is written, but that's the story, probably one of the earliest stories I ever heard from her. When we all met, we were all pre-children, so we were newly married. They got married. We got married in 86. They got married in 87, and we were all working together in 88, like 87, 88, so, Mm -hmm. you know, very near to the time that we got married, so we kind of went through those things together, but hearing each other's meeting um wedding stories was so funny and she tells the story of how there were three couples at this uh gathering it was a a navy ball thing right and the girls were asked to be blind dates for these men and out of it came three weddings that's why but two couples ended up with different people Mm -hmm. paul and anita chose were had different dates but ended up together because they kind of go as like a blind yeah and, then you meet and, and trish and don both went home that night and said i think i met the person no, I'm actually in, that in this that, that's uh in the story she says that that was not the same night she did meet dad at the same type of thing but it was a different event hmm. and uh the story i mean like we should probably do this story with miss anita that's yeah that's why i was gonna but, any, any stories that where they Brian's mention people never met i've never me. met miss anita 
Yeah. I know. That's wild. I mean, uh, apparently <laughs> Mary Miles is getting married. Yeah, Mary Miles is getting so. married. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. In May. Yeah, I know Hannah's gonna get an invite. I would be surprised if I get a personal invite. <laughs> You'll just need to uh get me in connection with uh with Anita. <laughs> I mean we could talk about the fact that uh Mima was a pyromaniac. That's the first story that she puts in the book. I, and there there are actually a couple of the, the stories about her uh Pyromania. Uh, yeah. Wow, um, get her love her of fire that uh aren't finished. And so I got to get them we from get a few other people. Her actual children. Maybe yeah. Children. Yeah. <laughs> to fill in the details about her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just looking through, just double check to make sure that those are the, I'm pretty sure those are the only two. I think so. Where you're mentioned by name. Um, and does so. she cover your name up in any of them? No. <laughs> no. Um, did she, when she wrote these stories, did she tell you she was putting them in there at all? Like. I was curious how much she like told other people like that she was writing. Or I, I think like I that. had some awareness. I don't think she has permission, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she told me. Right. Um, told. Yeah, yeah. Told me that, that it was going to be in there. And I knew she was writing something because she's always been such an amazing writer. Yeah. So it made sense that um, it would end up being a book about the South. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't, she definitely didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one, one story I want to mention that is definitely not in the book is one that Aunt Julia actually told you and me back in summer 2019 um, about the, the guy who was on the mailing list when she was in the hospital who had never actually met her in person. I you know, vaguely remember, you have to remember the number of stories Julia has told me. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Well, that one stands out to me. So when she was in the hospital, Aunt Julia was sending out mailing lists for everybody who was interested in getting updates about Bob. Right, and the list kept growing and growing and growing until, like, she said, I think there were like a thousand people on there. She couldn't remember the exact number, but she said like it was a ton of people. And she said eventually one of those people admitted to me that he had never actually met mom in person mm -hmm. because her job was being on the phone doing tech support for medical equipment. And this guy in Belgium called wow. one day and he had this problem that they ended up spending the entire day on the phone yeah. trying to figure out. And of course, so by the end of the, that day, mom knew his name, his wife's name, <laughs> uh, all of his kids' names, what grades they were in, what sports they played. Uh, you know, his wife's birthday, his birthday, yeah. like all of it. And so, you know, the next time he has to call for tech support, he's like, oh, is Trish available? <laughs> and or actually, like, I think like uh, like they kept like bumping into each other. And eventually yeah. he started requesting her every time he called. And so I don't know how long this relationship went on, but like they became really great phone friends over the course of it. And so eventually he comes to find out that mom was sick in the hospital. Right. And he hears that people are like getting email updates. And so he's like, well, hey, can I be put on the list too? And he gets on the list. And eventually he's corresponding with Aunt Julia about it. And he's like, I have a confession to make. <laughs> I never actually met Trish in person. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, that's, that's the kind of person mom was. Like she would just, according to Aunt Julia, the way she described it is, if she decided she, you were hers, <laughs> she had you. <laughs> that's, I'm a collector. That sure. is, uh, to a T, uh, fits the Southern profile of yeah. every Southerner I know. <laughs> 
I'm gonna learn everything about you in a five minute conversation. And I'm never well even Lucas will talk about every time he talks to somebody at work from the south, he comes home, he's like, I talked to somebody from the south today, they were so nice. (laughs) (laughs) We had a nice conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, thank you all for for sitting down and doing this. It was enjoyable and also it's nice to hear people who knew her uh like tell me more about it. So Thank you. Nice giggles. Yeah.